0: Graduated high school, did my stint in college for an entire two months. Um, yeah, it wasn't for me. It's just not for everyone. And it was not for me. So I am that college dropout. I don't recommend it, but that, that was my path. I just wanted to get out there and do life. And was cleaning houses for you know, about five years. But it's funny how it's come full circle. And I have sold many of the homes where I used to clean the toilets and vacuum the floors and mop the kitchens. Let's see, last year I had 72, size, 72 transactions for right at $17 million in volume. It's just me and my virtual assistant. Mastermind Agent is proud to present Success Calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies and systems in up close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com
1: Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. Welcome to success calls. This month's top agent is Desi Sowers with RE-MAX in Blacksburg, Virginia. Last year, she closed 72 transactions with a total sales volume of $16.8 million. Her average sales price was 233000 of which 32% were buyers and 68% were sellers. She is a solo agent with one virtual assistant. Welcome to the call, Desi.
0: Hi, Mike. I'm thrilled to be with you. Thank you.
1: Uh, Desi, this is great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm real excited to talk to you today, real excited to hear about your story. So let's go ahead and jump right in. My first question for you is, before we talk about today, let's go back for a little bit and talk about what you did before you got into real estate.
0: Okay, sure, sure. Kind of a long story short. um, You know, Graduated high school, did my stint in college for an entire two months. Um, yeah, it wasn't for me. It's just not for everyone, and it was not for me. So I am that college dropout. I don't recommend it, but that that was my path. I just wanted to get out there and do life. Um, got married when I was 22 years old. We bought our first house right then. My my soon-to-be in-laws gave us a $500 wedding gift, and that was the down payment for our home. So I've never paid rent. I've always been a you know, homeowner right out of the, right out of the gate. Um, and then spent 10 years or so in banking, um, you know had children, you know how that goes. The focus is just work and children. and was cleaning houses for you know, about five years because our youngest son was diagnosed with special needs. He has autism. So that was obviously our, our focus in life and still is, but I just always wanted to get my real estate license. So when I was 40 years old, just kind of jumped into it, said, now's the time to do it.
1: First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. That was was fantastic. (laughs) I got to get the quick (laughs) follow-up questions for you. So when you were at the bank, what were you doing there?
0: I did customer service and teller. Did a little bit of everything. I was that floater that went from branch to branch just filled in wherever I was needed. My absolute favorite thing to do was to work main office drive through teller. I mean, it was you would open up the window and stay in there until 6 p.m. and it was just boom, boom, boom.
1: Right. I
0: really, really enjoyed that.
1: So that was the yeah. entry level uh, job at the bank and it did a lot of customer interaction.
0: Exactly. Lots of customer service. Lots of you know troubleshooting, problem solving. Um, kept you on your toes, and I very much enjoyed it.
1: Uh, yeah. Very good. Very good. And then you also said yeah, you cleaned houses. Is that is that correct?
0: I did. I did. Um, after I left the bank, when our our youngest was was starting kindergarten, again he's got special needs, so I couldn't just drop him off at a sitter. It was up to up to us to to do everything and still needed to pay the bills and make ends meet. So, I started my little cleaning business, did that for five years, and honestly had a waiting list at the end. (laughs) Yeah, I would take the kids to school, go clean a couple of houses, turn right around, pick them back up. Uh,
1: Oh, that's great. So, you got a little entrepreneurial spirit there. Uh, Did it ever grow beyond just yourself? No,
0: it could have, but again, I'm one of these I don't want to say control freak, but i very much want to be in control of my schedule. And I think that's probably one of the reasons I never jumped on like the team train in real estate or brought on more people because the more I have to manage other than just myself, my husband, my children, my family, it just, you know, puts it out there to somewhere I never wanted to go.
1: Now, yeah. but- I I ask questions uh, before we get together, and one of the things I asked you was to tell me a little bit about yourself, and you mentioned the house cleaning, and I think you said something along the lines of, you are now selling some of the houses you used to clean, is that true?
0: That's right, that's right. Several of the local homes here, it's funny, you know, and I tried to hang on to a little bit of house cleaning, you know, after I got my license, but I just jumped into it full time so hard, I couldn't keep up with it. But it's funny how it's in full circle, and I have sold many of the homes where I used to clean the toilets and vacuum the floors and mop the kitchens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty pretty cool full circle.
1: Well, Desi, this is fantastic. I, I love your story. I love how you got into real estate. You jumped in. You said you were 40. Uh, and so that, those, Let's talk about those early years. First of all, did you have a fast start or slow start that first year?
0: You know, I think from what I've been told, because again, I had zero, you know, to compare myself to because I just didn't know. I mean, I was brand new in the business. I think it was pretty fast. My first full year was 2005, and I sold 12 properties. I closed 12 transactions.
1: And were you working full time or part time that year?
0: I tried to carry on some of my cleaning jobs just to supplement income. Um, but realized quickly that I just couldn't do it, so I just had to really jump in, completely full time.
1: Yeah, and and that in the beginning, um, you said you had kids. How many kids did you have in the house when you were forty?
0: Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I've got two boys, two boys. Um, we have two sons, and let me think. Gosh, they're twenty three and twenty five now. I'm guessing they were like seven and nine when I got my real estate license. And again, I would just. Take them to the office a lot of times with me set them in the boardroom with a happy meal and Legos but mom <laughs> had to go to work <laughs>
1: now, right and I get the, I've been receiving questions lately and that was one of them is uh, as a, a mom who's doing this so you got young kids around how do you juggle all that and how do you keep it how do you schedule it to make it work and it sounds like what you did was you brought them with you
0: yeah I would bring when I had when I needed to go to the office of course I would you know bring them with me they were great. Um, in those early years, a lot of times by the end of the transaction, my clients would end up meeting my children somewhere along the way. And I've got a great support system and my family lives close by my husband. So we just did whatever it took to make it work. And right off the bat too, I set up my home office. That was going to be my efficient kind of place to get things done. I just felt like, you know, running back and forth to an office was a waste of time if I really didn't need to. So my home office has always been my efficient place.
1: When you first got in real estate, what was your goal with real estate? What was your objective? What did you want to accomplish with it?
0: You know, I needed to support my family. Honestly, I just needed to make some more income and be in a position where I could take care of the children, and still be mom and wife. And my first year goal, I thought, if I could just make $20,000, that's that was my portion of income to the household when I was cleaning. I thought, if I could make $20,000, I've got this. We can do it. And my first year, I made (laughs) $20,000. So, yeah, it was all the money at $20,000.
1: Amazing how powerful a goal is, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, I said, if I can do this, if I can just knock out $20,000, I can do this. I I can survive in real estate.
1: How did you get business that first year? What were you doing to drum up business?
0: You know what? I was, of course, again, brand new, had no one, you know, but I did have an office manager who just said, you know, Desi, you need to talk to everyone, let them know you're a realtor you know, advertise and promote, because when you go to real estate school, no one says, oh, by the way, now you're your branding manager. You've got to figure out how to make the phone ring. So that was my focus, which is how do I make the phone ring? You know, had my little logo done, put it on the car, stuck it on everything, you know, and then just kept beating it. You know, everyone I knew, folks I went to church with, (laughs) You know, and it takes a while to build up credibility because it's like, Desi, okay, she's cleaning houses. She's not a professional. She's not a realtor. So it takes a few years to prove yourself. Yeah, I think it takes about three years in this business to really kind of prove that you're, you're in it and know what you're doing.
1: That's a really interesting point. You're bringing up that you had to rebrand yourself to your sphere of influence. They saw you as the cleaning lady because that's what you had been doing. That was the business you created and the image that you wanted out there. And then you transitioned into a new business or a new brand that you wanted to create. How did you do that?
0: A lot of that was, again, through, like, the logo shirts, The whole, whenever people see me, it's like, oh, she is the realtor, Okay because you just portray yourself in a way where you look legitimate, <laughs> you know? And again, the signage on the cars. I think I did a billboard in that first couple of years. Had a, you know, did the billboard and, you know, and, and just getting comments on things like that. Yes, yeah, school functions. You know, the boys were still little and in school. So sponsoring the activity, showing up with the logo shirt with cupcakes. You know, you, not just, you know, the vacuum cleaner in the back of the car.
1: Did you, did you bring up real estate in mostly the conversations? Is that how you did it face to face?
0: Um, I'm, I'm, I can do a better job at that. I'm really bad about talking about me and saying, you know, here's what I do. Here's what I do. I just got to the point where I wanted to make it obvious. You know, I just wanted to, you know, people to, to get it in their minds and say, oh yeah, that's what she does. I mean, sent out the newsletters, the mailers, you know, right off the bat, and jumped in there with an education level. I think I took my first GRI class within three weeks of getting my license. And I'm that person in class that does everything the instructor says to do. Yeah, I'm that person. Yeah. So I just, I just did it. Yeah, they, they would say do a newsletter or do a mailing. I'm like, okay, I can do that.
1: Yeah. Let's do this, Desi. Let's uh, fast forward to today. Let's talk about what you did last year, give people some quick stats. So first of all, how long have you been in the business now?
0: I've been in about 15 years now. We're going on about 15 years.
1: Just under yeah. 15 years. And how many homes did you sell last year, and what was the sales volume?
0: Let's see. Last year, I had 72 side, 72 transactions for right at $17 million in volume.
1: Oh, that is fantastic. And yeah, you, yeah. That, that was that was really awesome. Do you recall what your uh, your GCI was on that?
0: That was about 460000
1: Very nice. Very, <laughs> so, way more than the 20000 your original
0: uh, goal. I right have right? Uh, crushed the $20,000 goal. That's right. That's right. And I'm thankful for all of it. That's it's right. It's like
1: 22 times that original amount. That is awesome. That's right. And yeah. do you recall what your your best year was uh and how many homes you sold that year in the volume?
0: Yeah, yeah, that would have been um 2017 and I've been very consistent for about the past five or six years. I mean, it only changes maybe four or five sales. So right out that, you know, 17, you know, I've not gotten up to 18 million yet. But like 17 175 And my first, you know, other than the $20,000, the next goal was a $10 million year. So, um, got to that back in 2012. And then the goal after that was I wanted a $50,000 month. I wanted a GCI, a $50,000 month. And I did that last summer.
1: (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, and, and just to clarify, so two years ago, you, you sold 78 homes? Was that your high okay. year as far as units? Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, 78 units was the high year, and then last year was 72.
1: Now, now i got a question for you. Uh, if 50,000 GCI was your big goal and you achieved that, what is your new goal?
0: You know, honestly, I'm kind of at a maintenance level where I just want to be consistent and draw more from my sphere of influence. Um, I'm pretty good at trimming expenses. I mean, it's just me and my virtual assistant. Um, I've cut out a lot of the big extras, which I consider, you know, paid lead, that sort of thing. So really, I think it's just running a tighter ship and maybe saving for retirement
1: let's do this we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into those items like how you're generating your leads and your virtual assistant in a little bit what I want to do right now though is I want to talk about something you mentioned to me when we're talking early and that is you said you're you're freakishly organized what do you mean by that
0: you know what I am again I am that morning person that everyone hates everything has a place and everything gets put in its place Um, I'm not big on shuffling around a lot of paper. So literally, you know, at my little, you know, home office, my desk, I have one printer, one scanner and my computer. That's it. I run everything kind of a well-oiled machine between just a couple of items. I'm a big Dropbox user. I'm a heavy Evernote user. All of my templates, all of my checklists. My day-to-day activities are all just funneled through my Evernote.
1: Do you use a database uh, uh, to keep your uh, past clients in? Do you use a CRM?
0: You know, I knew you were gonna ask that and I'm so bad at it. Um, You know what, I do not have one specifically that I rely on, Um, but again, my Evernote keeps up with my active buyers, my website. I use Dacno, and they've got a pretty robust CRM built into it that I probably should use more than I do. Um, but again, I'm very good at my checklist and, you know, sending out my home anniversary cards. My email. I do the drip campaigns through Happy Grasshopper, and they are just phenomenal.
1: Happy yes. Grasshopper.
0: Happy Grasshopper. Dan Stewart and his team down in Florida. I hope they're hunkered down right now. Um, Happy Grasshopper started using them probably three or four years ago. And it's a drip email campaign. You can also send out blasts, But they actually call and interview you. So your campaigns sound and feel like they are coming from you. It's not just a templated version of some canned emails.
1: Very nice. And we're going to go into yeah. marketing in just a second. But I want to stay okay. on this idea of being organized. First of all, do you know, uh, have you ever taken the DISC personality profile, D-I-S-C?
0: I have not. So you tell me where I'd fall.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing C early on because of the organizational. But we'll find out as we move along. Um, yeah. Let's talk about your schedule. Uh, how okay. you're, you're staying really organized. You're very efficient and productive. What does your schedule okay. look like? on a daily and weekly basis.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of time blocking. You know, I'm up 5.30, 6 a.m. Um, like I've already been out for my little old, I call it my little old lady run this morning. You know, get my, you know, get my three miles in or so. And I can't do it every day, but I, I shoot for three to four days a week. And then I don't set physical appointments, like leaving here until 11 a.m. Okay, because in the mornings, that's when I'm doing my prospecting, my organization, my, you know, keeping up with my with my volume. I mean, there was at one point this summer I had 24 transactions closing scheduled and it's up to me to order the termite, make sure the home inspections done, make sure. But honestly, with my systems and, you know, checklists in place. I just don't find it you know, terribly hard to keep up with. But also, and we'll go back to time blocking, I don't work with a ton of buyers. Obviously, they are very time-consuming. So my, my business model is focused on listings. And then my buyers are typically my sellers who are staying in the area, maybe move up people. And then referrals. You know, spirit. But I generally don't do sign calls, internet leads. That that's where I send those out to young agents with more time on their hands and get a referral back. And it it took me a long time to be willing to give those up. But if I wanted to scale and get bigger, I knew I had to.
1: That's pretty yeah. powerful, right there. I was wondering how yeah. you uh you you focus your business more towards the seller side. Uh, Because I happen to know that ninety percent of your business is repeat and referral, and I'm thinking, well, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be half and half. How are you making sure that you're only working with sellers?
0: And well, like I said, it's not only sellers, but the majority of it is sellers. Okay, and I just find by like being out there in the public, you know, even my sellers, they know someone even after they move. They've got a friend or relative, a co coworker they stay in touch with, you know. So it naturally does just bring a cycle of repeat business.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. You got about seventy yeah. percent sellers. You mentioned one of the things was that you're you're referring out your sign calls, uh, any kind of leads that come in that buy or buyers that aren't in your sphere. Yeah, uh, just
0: people, just you know, strangers, people I just don't have a relationship with, right?
1: And so you're doing that on the side. How many referral fees do you earn each year?
0: Mm, I'd say 10 to 15.
1: That's a a healthy little side income.
0: It's a healthy little, you know, and it keeps me focused on the part of the business that I really love to do, you know, which is sellers, marketing, and it gives me more time to spend with my family.
1: I bet that referral income that you're earning Uh, is equivalent to what you were making when you were cleaning houses? Probably more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and those are just referring people out, you know, a phone call, you know, saying, hey, here's
1: a lead for you. How did you get strong enough to do that?
0: You know, like I said, it took me a while. It really took a while to be bold enough to hand over some business. Because look, we work so hard to make our phone rings. And then when we do, to pass it off as pretty frightening. But again, I realized, you know, I'm not going to miss church to show houses. I'm not going to, you know, give away every ounce of my family time when my children are still small. You know, we've been married for 32 years. I'm not going to let, you know, I can't keep working seven days a week, all weekend out showing houses. And the only way to, you know, to have a life, I think, and be successful in real estate is you can't run around with a ton of buyers.
1: Let's talk about that schedule again. Let's go back to that. So it sounds to me like the morning is very structured. You're going to get up Correct. early. You're going to take care of yourself, keep your health in line. You're going to jump into your organizational tasks to keep all of your um, transactions moving along. You're going to do some prospecting, and then the afternoon is opened up to have for appointments to go out on listing right. appointments or help a buyer run around. Maybe go to a closing. Yeah. Does that sound correct? Exactly.
0: Yep, that is exactly right. And I really do not work many weekends at all. Um,
1: don't don't. Yeah, let's talk about the either. weekly schedule. <laughs> are you working Monday through Friday, then, and then you're taking Saturday and Sunday off, or are you working Monday through Saturday, or how are you doing it?
0: Sure, sure. I'm a Monday through Friday, and then I also try to schedule my Wednesdays as an in-office day. Okay, because again, I got a whole lot of paperwork and prospecting and leads to keep up with. So I try to schedule one day where I'm just in. Okay, and then Saturdays and Sundays, if I have to work with a buyer, if I've got someone, I understand their schedules, you need to work around it. So I will go out Saturdays. But if I do, I try to finish up by noon, you know, make an early appointment on Saturday, finish up by noon. Um, and then on Sundays, I, you know, I try my best to put that aside as my church and family day.
1: How do you educate the other agents that you're not going to be working on Sunday since you're, especially since you're a listing agent, they may send you an offer over.
0: You know, and if they do, I understand that. I I might shoot them back a quick text if I'm in church and say, Hey, church, done. That's all you need to say that. That's the signal you'll hear from me after 12 (laughs) o'clock. You know, but obviously contracts, urgent calls, you take care of right away. But honestly, after about seven o'clock in the evenings, I try, I tend to, you know, shut it down a little bit. Yeah. And that's even to other agents, unless it's urgent, if we're in the middle of negotiating or something's very important, it can all wait until the following business day. It really can.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'll throw out a quick idea at you real fast. Uh, when I was selling a lot of homes, uh, I wanted to take Sunday off, too. So what I did yeah. was I had a, a voicemail that would automatically switch in that said, I don't work today, Sunday. I'm resting. I'm recovering. If you have any offers for me, make sure that they uh, have an acceptance deadline of Monday. I'll get back to it on Monday when I get back in the office. Oh, that's great.
0: That's brilliant. That's really, really good. But I even, and sometimes on Sunday afternoons, excuse me, I'll sit down because I need to hammer out some emails, paperwork, because I won't go into Monday behind. You know, I've got to be ready for Monday. I'll even schedule those not to send out. I'll type them up, but not send them until Monday schedule, because I don't even want people to think I'm working on Sunday. Right. If you, if you send them an email, then they're going to respond, and there goes my Sunday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. And make sure you tell your your if you do this, make sure you tell your sellers you're not going to be working Sunday. Your buyers, yeah. everybody needs to know, and they'll understand. They'll work around their schedule, really, like a doctor really, or lawyer.
0: Yeah, they they really will. And of course, you're going to get the people who are just not going to listen no matter what. And we, you know, we we learn to work through those as well. But the majority of the time. People are very understanding.
1: I want to talk more about this schedule because again, people are really interested in how you're juggling so much. Let's okay. go back to the mornings on the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, sure. You said prospecting. What kind of yes. prospecting are you doing and how, uh, how long of a period do you have time blocked for it?
0: Okay, sure. And it, and it just depends on the workload itself. Okay. I've got you know a handful of buyers. I go down my Evernote checklist, see if I can match them up with any of the listings from the previous day, send those out. On Monday, I'm contacting my active buyers and saying, hey, just scheduling the week. Let me know if there's anything you want to take a look at this week. Okay. So that's a part of the prospecting. I'm doing you know, my little Facebook entries, you know, doing those as well during that time block of prospecting. I'm sending out a lot of handwritten notes and cards. Um, And I don't know if you want to get into that later about keeping up with clients. But, you know, when I sit down and write out my anniversary cards, you know, all of those are handwritten by me. So that's, that's, that's my block of time in the morning. I've got to get through this and also taking care of the business at hand, all active closings, making sure everything's on track.
1: How, what time are you blocking for prospecting in the morning and what, what time is, are you going from like nine to 10 or what, what's usually, your time block?
0: Usually from like eight to 10 because I don't like to pick up the phone and call people until at least business hours. And I think that's 9am. Okay. So I, I don't like to pick up the phone and call people too early. Um, and that includes when I'm prospecting expires and for sale by owners. Yeah, do that also during that time blocking.
1: Let's do this, Desi. Let's jump into that marketing because we've been talking a lot about it. I'm sure we got people curious. So <laughs> let's talk about the fact that you have 90% of your business coming in from these past clients and sphere of influence. I got that right, right? You have 90% yeah. referral at this point.
0: Right, so that's right.
1: 60 plus transactions a year, five a month. Pretty cool. And you're doing it all by yourself. Uh, so let's jump into how you're making the phone ring, how you're getting people to, to do business with you. What specifically are you doing? Well, let us let me back up. Before I jump into that, let's get that big picture. You have a, okay. a database of some kind of past clients and sphere of influence. How big is it?
0: You know, it's not huge. I've got past of about 200, 225. And then even smaller than that, I have, you know, what I call my A plus plus, you know, that's about 50 to 75 people. Um, And they're the ones that I just love on a lot. (laughs) And they send me, you know, whenever someone in their world mentions real estate, Desi comes to mind and maybe it's a random gift card here and there you know, maybe it's sponsoring their kids, you know, travel football or their, I'm sorry, their travel baseball team. Um, That sort of thing. We live in a small community, eat out a lot, love seeing my clients in restaurants and being able to pick up their tab. You know, just anything you can do to love on them and show them you appreciate them because I really do. I mean, and just providing that, five-star experience during the transaction and then keeping up with it and saying again, thank you after the transaction.
1: So you sounds to me like your database is about 300 people. You've got about 200, 225 that are past clients, mm-hmm. 75 of these a plus plus folks that are really high right. referral sources. Right. Do you have another group of people that you market to or do you? Specifically I, I do. i
0: I've also got the giant after fifteen years collection of emails, that sort of thing. Oh, that's about three thousand right now. Mm-hmm. And those are the yeah yeah I, yeah, they they're pretty much on automatic, meaning the monthly newsletter by email, the drip email campaigns, that's where the happy grasshopper comes into play. Those are the folks that you touch base with, but not so much hands on as the people that regularly send me referrals.
1: Now, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. So let me clarify. let I me mean, I just want to understand your business. So the 300 folks, the past clients in the sphere of influence, is, excuse me, the high referrer source.
0: Are yeah, yeah.
1: the people that they're sending you, the 90% of your business that's closing.
0: Yeah, that them and my A++.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So that's the where yeah. I want to focus because to sure. me it sounds like you have a small list of 300 that's the, the majority or over 60 transactions. Gosh, I'd have to do the math on that. That's pretty (laughs) amazing, right? I mean, is that 20% turn a year? That's incredible. One in five are sending you a closed transaction. That's pretty awesome. I want to dig into that. And then it sounds like you've got this bigger, older database that's kind of like the people on the edge you've met over the years, and you're hoping some of those people will pop into your Um, right you might hear from
0: them eventually at some time right
1: good so i i want to focus on those past clients and those uh a plus pluses tell me what are you doing with those people over the course of a year what is your annual marketing plan to your past clients and your tight group that tight group okay
0: okay i'll give you some of the things that, that i do and again this gets tweaked and changed throughout the years as I have any light bulb moments, you know, that sort of thing. Um, You know, the emails, you know, obviously they get, you know, the drip emails, they get the newsletter. Okay. Those are once a month. So some sort of contact. Um, I've also got a, you know, a private Facebook group. Thanks. Thanks to one of your mastermind calls. Okay. Giveaways on that gives me a chance to drop by with, maybe a gift card or a small gift of some sort. So I'm touching them by email, I'm touching them on Facebook. Um, once a year, I'm again, a little old school sometimes, I send out the calendars, okay? Um, and I go for, I don't know if you can see here. I go for like this spiral bound flip that sits on your desk. These are, no, no one's gonna throw this away, they're awesome. And, of course, it's all, you know, all branded with the Desi Sours. That's, you know, that costs me several thousand dollars at the end of the year. But I get people message me going, hey, Desi, when's the calendar coming? You know, because they just enjoy it. Um, and then I also, oh, goodness, at closing, I give them, you know, what I call my little swag bag. And, again, not super expensive, but just things that are thoughtful you know, a coffee mug, you know, a nice little piece of technology. I'll give out like a, an Amazon dot or a spot, a little alarm clock. Everybody, you know, enjoys that. Just something that people will keep and think of you. Okay. And then I guess another way I touch a lot of my past clients, I, um, I've purchased box tickets. We have a minor league baseball team here in Pulaski County and I have box seats right behind home plate, <laughs> and I'll put out, i give those away. It's like, hey, I've got tickets, not going to the game, who, you know, who can go? Or I'll specifically call a family with kids that I know, you know, and say, hey, you are not going tonight, do you guys want that? and they're always sending me pictures of, hey, thanks for the tickets, we had so much fun at the game. So that's another, you're giving away the ball tickets is a big way to touch past clients.
1: I think there's something you do right after the closing. What is that?
0: Oh, 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 my cakes! I can't believe I almost forgot my my cakes. I am I am one of those you know prolific cake bakers. Also, after closing, you know I will bake you you know from scratch a nice little cake, a pound cake, just something, and deliver it in just a, you know an Amazon. I found these nice containers; they're not expensive you're going to get a homemade cake again with a sincere thank you and and, you know and breaking bread is a biblical principle you know that binds people together it really does you know so yeah they're just delivering a cake they come home from work or i'll snap a picture of me sitting it on the porch and say hey when you get home today you know make sure you grab your cake off the porch yeah Yeah, that's another, just a special way that I can touch my folks that I very much appreciate.
1: I also understand you're uh, doing handwritten cards out to people, uh, handwritten notes. Tell me a little bit about that. How many are you trying to get out? What kind of messages in there?
0: Oh, goodness. I send, well, once a month, I've got everyone again in one of my little just database checklists. Everyone who closed, say, in June, everyone in July, separated by month. And you will get a handwritten, just you know, congratulations on your five-year home anniversary, or congratulations on your seven-year. I mean, honestly, I've got people. I've literally been doing this. You know, congratulations on fourteen years, and and they they know it's coming. And honestly, I think they would get frightened if they didn't get it one year. They they'd wonder where's Desi, you know. So, yeah, lots of handwritten cards. I'm really into um, now the Love Pop cards. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Love Pops. What are they? It's a greeting card that kind of pops up with a 3D. Very, very cool. I send a lot of those. Um, they've got a great one that you can slip a, you know, a Starbucks gift card into. just makes it very personalized. So, yeah, like my message... Yeah, my message in all the cards is basically either congratulations and thank you. You know, congratulations on your home, thank you that I was a part of it.
1: And I assume that they're uh, your uh, a uh, triple plus, a double plus. A plus plus, yeah,
0: my, my plus, my a plus plus. Yeah.
1: You know a lot about those folks. You're probably putting some even more personal stuff oh, in your little yeah, note, yeah. asking about Johnny or Sally or something. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's why I choose not to use something like send out cards, even though that's a great service for me. It's not personal enough. Okay. And that's honestly another reason I don't use like a, a transaction coordinator. It's not personal enough for me. Like, I like to be able to call them and say, okay, closing is tomorrow, woo-hoo, you know, to write in my handwritten note, hey, I saw you got a new puppy, how awesome, you know? I, I just need it to be a little more personalized than just the generic services. It, it might take me longer to do it, but I think, I think the effect is, is, is more far-reaching.
1: Now, do you try to send out a certain number of cards per day? Are you trying to send out maybe five cards a day? Or, or you know, five,
0: five to ten, it's not a huge overwhelming, like this morning I've got two written out to send with some um, Starbucks gift cards just from some folks I noticed on Facebook. Um, somebody had gone on there asking for referrals from agents, and I had like three of my clients go, Desi is the person you want. So yeah, of course they're going to get a thank you. Just for the thinking of me and putting my name out there to somebody.
1: Very nice. Now yeah. you mentioned that uh, you 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 play around a little bit on Facebook as part of your prospecting. You, you mentioned right. your, your private uh, Facebook group that you're doing, which uh-huh. is fantastic. But that sounds right. like that's more recent. What were you doing prior to that when you were on Facebook?
0: It's a lot of, and again, I think we as agents fall very short on Facebook because. We're not, you know, it's not my gig. I do it out of necessity. So I try to just be, um, again, warm, touching, friendly. I'm never boastful. I'm never gonna, you know, you're never gonna see your picture with me on Facebook. You're never gonna see, you know, me bragging numbers or anything like that, because that's just not my style. Okay. But I'm gonna do the ads that say, you know, do you want to know the value of your home? Here's another one sold. You can be next, that sort of thing. And I do separate my business page from my personal page. And I don't do much real estate at all on my
1: personal page. As far as uh, posting out listings or something yeah, along those that lines. Sort of thing. As far right. as lead generation though, are, is it coming mainly from your business page or more from your personal page where you're making those connections with people?
0: You know, I'm going to say it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I just had a transaction where a young fellow, you know, sold one house, bought another. And I know it was because we had mutual friends on Facebook and he was just kind of watching. I mean, and when you, when you put out a listing and they can see the great written ad copy, the professional photos, you know, they know that you're in this to do it the right way and to be a professional with their transactions. It's never going to be done haphazardly.
1: Yeah. Let me talk about that big picture of your your marketing plan to these folks. Uh, you sent a newsletter. Is that a digital newsletter or a written news? Uh, a that's that physical.
0: That's a, yeah. That's a digital. I send that out through MailChimp. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But and that's something my make virtual. You set that
1: up assistant. every year, every month, or do you? Uh, my, my virtual yeah. assistant does. Yeah, okay,
0: my virtual, virtual assistant, assistant
1: takes does care
0: that. of that. Yeah. Okay. It just kind of props to her. I couldn't do nearly what I do without her. She's she's kind of the brains behind the the organization here.
1: Right, and we're going to talk yeah. about her in just a second. Sure. Um, so let's see. We've got the the private Facebook group. We've got the calendar you mail at once a year. You got the swag bag at closing. Uh, the box seats that you hand out. The cakes. The handwritten cards. Are you making any uh, phone calls during that week? During the week when you're prospecting? I am. I am horrible
0: at that, Mike. Don't tell anyone, okay? <laughs> no, I am not a big phone conversation person. I'm you know, same thing with like client events. I'm just never gonna do that. You know, it's just, and again, I think a part of what we do, people want to see you as genuine and real. And if I try to put on a fake phony, you know, that I'm just do something that I'm not really into or loving, it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna work.
1: It sounds yeah. like the, the major thrust that you're doing with your touches, you're staying in touch with these folks, is that you've you got the Facebook group, you're touching base with them on Facebook. If they write something neat about somebody or something, you're probably commenting on it. Uh, yeah. And then you've got the, the uh, cards that you're sending out that's touching base with people once a year. Uh, you're just kind of trying to stay in their world. The newsletter yeah. that goes out once a month, Uh, and then they raise their hand and they contact you if they're interested. Is that the way it's happening?
0: Yeah, exactly. And just being out in public, too, and being seen, you know, I'll put on the logo shirt and just go sit at my coffee shop, you know, so that people see you out there. You know, I can go pick up our pizza order, and the kid's like, oh, hey, Desi, I've been on your website, you know, just because he sees the silly logo shirt. That's great things they are just very you just be amazed what small touches can do.
1: So the know? logo shirt is like the old fashioned name tag or we used to have a yeah, name tag on exactly. the shirt with the logo shirt.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's everywhere. You know, like I said, I, I go sit in the coffee shop and I've got the big sticker on the back of the computer. And it's just an automatic conversation starter.
1: That's a like, good one. That's another little one. That yeah, sticker on the back I'll of the even, computer.
0: Yeah. I mean, even when I go to the grocery store, I'm going with the logo shirt on because you're going to see everybody. I live in a small community.
1: You mentioned that a couple times, a small community. How big is the community there?
0: Well, we are in Blacksburg. We are the New River Valley. So we consist of you know, several small communities, Blacksburg, Radford, Christiansburg, Clayer Lake, Pulaski, Dublin, all combined. We're at about 200,000 or so. Um, and we are a huge college town. We, I'm sitting right in the middle of, you know, Virginia Tech and Radford University. Okay. So, but our smaller areas, our populations like Radford's 30,000 people. And that's where I live. Okay. So again, chances are you go out and eat, you go out, you're going to find somebody that I've either showed a house to, sold a house to, sold their parents a house, you know. So it's just that constant name recognition.
1: Very nice. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Let's do this. Let's um let's switch gears and let's talk about your virtual assistant. And okay. let's kind of get it first of all, how long have you had the virtual assistant? Oh goodness.
0: I would say probably twelve years, ten, oh, wow. twelve years. Yeah, I mean well I you know, once I started getting up to that, you know, thirty transactions a year or so I'm like, well no, actually I take that back, Mike. It was when I completely shifted and said, I need more listings. Okay. Cause an old wise agent told me, Desi, if you have agent, if you have listings, it's the groceries on the shelf. You just put the groceries on the shelf and everyone else will come buy them. So that's always been my, I just need more groceries on the shelf. Yeah. So once I started really everything I do, every marketing piece, everything is centered around sellers. And so I,
1: I assume you're doing that by saying, hey, do you want to get a free market analysis or want to know the value oh, of your
0: goal? Or just sold, you could be next. Thinking of selling, thinking of moving. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways to sell. I, I think consumers might be catching on to that whole free market analysis thing. But that, that, that constant, you know, in your ear, of you could be next, you could be next. <laughs> you know, I think that's powerful in itself.
1: I like that. I hadn't actually heard that before. This idea of you could be next. Yes, uh, so standing you that little tagline.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that seems exactly. To be working for you. It does. It really does. So, but for me to sit down and enter a new listing, I'd, I'd literally spend an entire business day. By the time you put it in the MLS, upload the photos, do it on the you know social media, get it on your website, I'm just like I've got to have help doing this, and that's when my virtual assistant you know met her well actually i've i've met her once she actually did come to town once she is a real person <laughs> <laughs> i have i have met her um and it's just been an absolute wonderful arrangement for me as a solo agent i don't pay office space for her i don't pay desk fees for her it's an hourly rate just based on the work that she does i don't guarantee a certain number of hours um so my cost to her is really just dependent on the workload.
1: Let's, let's break into some of the details that people are going to want to know. So okay. where did you find her? How did you find her? Oh,
0: goodness. I went, I went to a GRI class one time, and she was recommended to me.
1: Where yeah. is she at? Is she in America? Is she in the USA yeah, 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 or she, somewhere yeah, else? Yeah,
0: she's in the Virginia Beach area.
1: Okay. So yeah, she's actually I, near yeah. you. You've been oh, told yeah. me once
0: yeah yeah better ones right right so no, what's
1: yeah. her situation? Why is she doing this? Does she need to stay home and work or did she like this kind of yeah, work or what? she
0: she had worked for and she was um on a team of another virtual assistant and then decided to break out on her own and now she has a group of you know if she's out, you know I've got your list. she's like, you know don't worry this person's taking care of you this week. whatever you need, you know there's another person on her team that does the the newsletter another person will do a marketing if i say hey and i need a i need a postcard here's what i wanted to say and i literally just say just make it desi you know what i mean and she just logos it does my colors and fonts and knows exactly how to make it me now yeah.
1: if there was an agent listening and they wanted to find a virtual assistant where would you recommend they go what would you recommend they do
0: you know, my only experience has been with the one that I use and it's, you know, Ann Shoemaker, my real estate assistant. I don't mind plugging her because she's amazing. Um, and again, it's, it's a perfect situation of, you know, an hourly rate and a job very well done. I don't have any experience with the overseas people, not to say they don't work. I'm sure lots of people love them, but my experience has just been right here, you know, with my assistant who's not too far from me.
1: What kind of hourly rate are you paying?
0: I want to say Anne's like twenty seven dollars an hour, which honestly, my when I'm when I'm busy doing some marketing things, putting on a few new listings a month, it runs anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month.
1: And but she's an independent contractor?
0: She is, she is. The time and hours that it saves me and frees me up like like I just put on a new listing this morning while we're doing this because she's doing it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Which is pretty awesome. And um, now let's talk about the task that she's doing for you. Uh, you okay. start to mention that you've said like she inputs the, um, information in the MLS. She gets listings online for you.
0: Correct. She puts them on my website. Does the social media campaign, you know, announces it out there on my, my social media platforms. Um, she puts together. Oh goodness, my digital newsletter, mail that out through MailChimp every month. And She one hundred percent takes care of that. Troubleshoots a lot of my technology. Um, was instrumental in you know website development. You know behind the scenes, really just being that hands-on person that I don't have time to be, and I don't have the knowledge of those things. Whereas she and her team, that's what they do.
1: do you, does she do yeah. transaction management for you? It sounds like she's doing listing coordination. coordination She's putting the listing in and getting it going. Correct, correct. Or is she doing but your, your untrans- under contract?
0: No. no, I do my under contracts. I take care of all that.
1: You're doing your own right. transaction management. I do
0: my transaction management, yes.
1: Does, uh, mm-hmm. does Anne provide transaction management services? She
0: does. That is a service she would do for you.
1: Sure. It's just that you didn't want that. You wanted to be That's more hands-on. Right. So you're able I, I to do a la carte. carte. You pick little things. Yeah. Also sounds like yeah. she has a team that you're tapping into it, so it's not she's just got a
0: great. Yeah, she's got a great graphics team. If I say, you know, I need a brochure, I need a mailer, I need a postcard, here's the size it needs to be for every door direct, she puts it together, sends me the PDF, and I'm I'm ready to go.
1: You yeah. know $27 an hour may sound like a lot to people, but when it's independent contractor and you're not having to pay all the cost of an employee, you're right. not having to pay them consistently uh, and always trying to find work for them to do. This is really a great way to do piecemeal with that. Uh, oh, it's
0: a huge win-win. Assistant. Yeah. It's a huge yeah. win-win. Yeah. I couldn't nearly do what I do without her.
1: Yeah, it's a huge piece of my business. Well, let's ask. Let's talk about uh, training. Did you have to train her to do these tasks? Did she already know how to do no, most of
0: them? She had, she had a background, you know, in real estate, coming from that environment, working as a team member for another virtual assistant. So she and she works, you know, with dozens of agents across the country.
1: What's what's and the name I, of the business again? And? It is
0: my Anne Shoemaker with my real estate assistant.
1: My real estate assistant. Well, she might get a couple more pieces of business coming in. This is great. <laughs> I, hope,
0: I hope she does. Because like I said, she's right now. She would not take on anyone else in my market. She's exclusive to markets.
1: She does an exclusive. Well, that's smart.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, and it's really nice too. And sometimes like I'll, I'll put something on Facebook and she'll say, oh, hey, Desi, that was great. Do you mind if I share it with my others? So I'm like, "No, it's fine. So we can bounce ideas off people. Yeah, it's, it's really nice.
1: How about uh, managing uh, her as far as your your workflow with her? Is that all being done uh, by email? Do you get on these type of calls, Zoom calls? You know, she's not there physically, so how are you you staying in touch with her?
0: Well, you know, a lot of it, again, comes back to that freakishly organized thing. You know, my, my photographer goes out, takes the pictures, does the floor plans. I upload them to a shared Dropbox folder and grabs them from that folder. Same thing with, you know, the, the clients and, and transactions that she's working on. I just share the Evernote folder. We never actually speak. It's, I don't, we don't even text. It's by email and through our shared folders.
1: So mainly email, you're yeah. communicating back and forth, which is nice because then it, it's based on, you know, whenever somebody can get to it and you don't have to yeah, have.
0: Yeah, exactly. She's, she's actually, yeah, she's actually troubleshooting a problem with me right now on realtor.com. The mobile, the mobile, you know, app right now is kind of wonky on my listings. So she's she's putting in the service calls for me to Realtor.com.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! I don't have
0: to, yeah, I don't have to spend time doing that.
1: And when it gets solved, she'll let you know. And then so yeah, she's exactly. tracking her own hours, so you have to have trust. Correct, she's really going to give you the true numbers.
0: And she does. She sends me that in my um on my invoice once a month, the QuickBooks invoice, and it shows the time she clocked in, clocked out on each. You know, it could be 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, maybe 30 minutes for a postcard. And then I just, you know, pay the bill online at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> so you're paying once a month for the service. I do. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And then there's, there's no big surprises. It sounds li- so if you get a listing and you want her to start working on it, you email her and let her know, does she ever contact the seller?
0: No. No, she never has any, any calls to contact my clients at all.
1: So no. you're doing all the interaction with your client. You're doing the calls mm-hmm. for the listing. You're doing the calls for the contract. You're doing the initial right. prospecting call. You are the focal point.
0: That's right. And that's what I tell, I tell sellers when we meet. I'm like, good, bad, or otherwise, it's me. Start to finish. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to be your only point of contact.
1: Somebody asked me when they, when when yeah. we talk about a high performing solo agent, I call you a super solo agent, <laughs> uh, how many hours a week are you working?
0: Oh goodness. You know, it used to be probably at least 60, 70 hours a week, but it just depends on you know, the season. You know, we're very seasonal, you know, how many buyers, how many contracts I'm writing, how many listings I'm, I'm out there showing. You know, I'm probably at 50 hours a week. Yeah, but a lot of that is early morning when everyone else is still asleep. You know, I get a lot done by noon. I really get a lot accomplished by noon.
1: Yeah. I have a, a personal question. I don't know much about autism. Do you still sure. have to uh, provide a lot of services for your son? or is he? Oh. Already-
0: oh, yeah, yeah. No, Ben will always live at home with us. That's my son. Um, He will always live at home with us. We are actually heading out on a great trip to Canada next week. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, between myself and my husband, you know, we decided that when Benjamin graduated high school, which was four years ago, one of us needed to be home full time. So my husband is stay at home, dad, and I work, you know? So we just did kind of a role reversal and it works well with us. So in the mornings, that's another reason I don't do, you know, like, afternoon or early morning appointments, because honestly, it's very important that I be here to fix Ben's breakfast. He likes mom to fix his breakfast in the mornings. So I make sure, you know, I'm here. Um, If I have to run out, that's fine. But again, everything is worked around. And, you know, going back on that, honestly, the autism has taught us, you know, how to be kind and caring on a level that you know, you just don't get the opportunity to without an amazing special person in your life. Oh, you know? Yeah. And you can share that with your clients because this is such a stressful time in their lives. You know, look, buying a selling in a house ain't nearly as much fun as people, you know, think it's going to be. You know, <laughs> it's such a stressful time. And honestly, you got to kind of just love them through it. You know, even for their quirkiness, some people are high maintenance. And it's like, that's okay. They still have a need. You know, they have a need to get from point A to point B. And if they're going to trust me to guide them along that path, you know, honestly, it's my honor to do it. It really is. I don't take it lightly.
1: Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. It's kind of this business and personal mix here. And people ask me these kind of questions is why I'm asking you sure, this sure. between personal and business. Um, has your husband always uh, been, was there a point where your husband moved back in and started uh, helping to raise the family, said role reversal earlier? Uh, people are trying uh, to understand the structure, of how you do this time thing, and that's why I'm going at at that age. Yeah, end. yeah,
0: yeah. No, we have always been very much a team, a very, you know, very concise team, whereas you know, when the kids were little, if I would say, you know, I need to go to this real estate conference, well, he just jumps in and does, you know, whatever needs to be done. Okay. So we have just always really complimented each other in our roles. You know, we both work full time, you know, he was, you know, did his full time thing for 20, you know, 25 years. And again, like I said, it was all kind of gearing up to when Benjamin graduated, one of us needed to be you know, full time with, and me. that's
1: where you made the change was four that's years ago. But in those yeah. early days, you were both mm-hmm. shuffling around and oh. you were bringing the kids with you on the appointments and, sometimes, and making it sometimes happen.
0: It was, you just have to make it happen right now. I just, I, I didn't enter real estate in that like baby infant stage. I don't know how brand new moms do that. That's <laughs> yeah. hard. But Like I said, as they got a little bit older, you know, I could leave them alone by themselves for a few minutes, you know, if I need to run out, show a house, dad was at work, you know, we always made that work. Um, During the summers, of course, you know, my husband would be at work and I would have people, my babysitters were people that I knew and trusted and they would come to my house so they could stay there during the day while I would run out and do a few things, we just literally made it work, and we still do. All these years, whatever we need to do, we just make it
1: work. That is fantastic. Yeah. Desi, let yeah. me, let me uh, ask you a couple other quick questions here. Uh, your business, are you profitable?
0: You know, I am. You know, thankfully, I'm very profitable because, again, just my virtual assistant, you know, my online expenses, you know, I probably run – as high as seventy percent,
1: yeah, sixty. On your net profit, yeah. Is yeah. that before or after taxes?
0: That's going to be after taxes. I'm I, I wow. budget about I budget about a third of my income for expenses, and I stay pretty true to that.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Oh, well, let me yeah. clarify then. So uh, you said about thirty percent of your uh, you budget thirty percent for expenses, seventy percent the bottom line. Is, part, yeah. is the tax, is that in the 30% or is it get taxed on your 70%?
0: On my 70%.
1: Okay, great. Yeah. So your true net yeah. profit is 70% and that is fantastic, by the way. That's a great yeah. number. I was just curious so Thank people you. get an idea what to shoot for. So congratulations. Yeah.
0: I mean, you can, you can run a pretty lean ship, but it takes years of practice and trial and error. I mean, even now I'll spend money on something give it a little while. And I'm like, mm, that's just not working. Well, we're done with that. <laughs> you know? So, and again, I spend a lot of money probably on mailers. Um, my every door direct, I budget about a thousand dollars a month for direct mail. But again, I find that to be profitable.
1: Sure. Well, a lot of these yeah. are your your ancillary revenue sources, though. Your main source is coming from the repeating referrals, correct? That's right. That's right. And you can yeah. be even more profitable if you weren't trying to grow and bring in those new yeah. leads. Uh, you can focus just on your spear and your repeats, your, your past clients, and I assume it would be even a higher net profit right. margin.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I've honestly, Mike, and I don't mean, we could always do more business, but I personally am at a place where I don't know physically how much more I could grow by myself.
1: Sure. And you've made the decision not to bring in a team and grow that Mm -hmm. direction. Uh, Did you ever try to go the team route? and Did it work?
0: No. No, no, never you, always did. Knew
1: you wanted to stay independent.
0: Yeah. And I get offers, you know, every week of my life,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: from someone, but it's like, you know, I've kind of got this good thing going and you know, I just work really hard at it, the education aspect of it. I do tons of webinars, classes, always trying to improve how we can do business because yeah, It still hurts my feelings when I don't get that listing sometimes, but you just realize you you can't get them all, but what could I have done better or different? So always trying to improve what we do.
1: I'll ask you one other big question I'm curious about. So in the early years, the very first year you closed 12, uh, Mm -hmm. the last five or so years you've been closing 70. uh, The progression, the move up, was it smooth where you were just adding a couple each year as it grew? Or was there a year where you took a big jump? And if so, what happened?
0: You know when I'm looking at my numbers. um, Honestly, the, the jumps have been kind of gradual, 10 to 15 transactions per year. And I think that's a direct result of honestly providing great customer service and going back and never forgetting those people that you just worked with, you know? Even if they've moved out of state, just a special thank you to them.
1: So yeah. you played the long game. You played the long game. Nice, grad slow yeah. growth, and it's built up over time. And now you're kind of at a plateau where you're very happy right, and you're doing very right. well.
0: I've, I've never desired world domination. <laughs> I don't need you know, it. That's just, just not my thing. Honestly, I want to spend quality time with my family you know, and service my clients in a, you know, to the very best capacity that I can.
1: Desi, what drives you?
0: Uh, I'd say number one, my why is my family. You know, of course, my, you know, my youngest son, you know, the oldest son is is working out of the country these days. So, you know, just to spend quality time with, with my family and the drive to always keep learning. This is such a great business because it's always changing and evolving. And if you don't change and evolve, it'll leave you in the dust. So there's always I find it to be very very energizing, you know. To get up, you have different families every day with different problems to solve, with unique you know unique propositions that they need to reach their goals. So I, I just love the you know the the diversity of it. Always something different.
1: Desi, why have you been so successful?
0: Oh goodness! Again, my support system, my family, you know my faith, you know, like I said, God first, you know, and, and just get up and go to work every day. You know, that's what we were just always taught is you get up and go to work every day. Yeah. And be kind to people, be genuine, just be kind and genuine and treat them with the respect that they deserve. I mean, this is a big deal. This is not buying a used car. You know, these are these are life-changing transactions that you get to be part of in this moment of your client's life.
1: Yeah. If you were going to uh, advise a brand new agent who was just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first?
0: Oh goodness. Jump in and learn, just learn. There are so many more opportunities than when I got started 15 years ago. Now you can YouTube, you can, you know, your podcast. Just because you've got nothing else to do. So just start making yourself good at it. You know, the education level, I think, is hands down one of the most important. And then also figure out how are you going to make your phone ring? You're never going to make money in real estate paying referrals to other people. You know, you've got to figure out how to make your phone ring. It's not up to your broker. It's not up to Zillow. It's not up to, you know. To give you leads now. If you want to go that route, that's great. But if you want to get a high margin going, you need to figure out how to make your phone ring.
1: Well, Desi, uh, do you think that top agent interviews, like the one we're doing right now for success calls, are valuable?
0: Oh, they're hugely valuable. I can't even express. I mean, literally, I can. I just did a five-hour trip and kind of binged, listen to a bunch of them. And again, it's something that you can do that's so hands-on and valuable. You, know, you can pay to go to classes. You can do things. But this is just hands-on what's going to affect your day-to-day business that we get from these calls. And I can't thank you enough for
1: them. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Desi. So, I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Desi,
1: I, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners?
0: You know what? Just keep learning. Keep learning, be better, you know, be yourself, be real and just get out there and, and care about your clients. Don't, don't seek the big, big volume, the big, big, you know, the huge, you know, take your, your 75, $80,000 client and love on them because they deserve it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. Well, Desi, thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to talk uh, with us thank today. Thank
0: you, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure.
1: Uh, thank you, Desi. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward.
0: You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.